Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Youth and Culture Podcast, where youth ministry and culture align. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I'm joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Hey, man, it's good to be here. And for those of you who may be wondering, my son has been born. He was born a week late and two pounds heavier than every other kid I've had. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why uh, some of y'all who, who are avid listeners are probably wondering why didn't we release an episode last week? That's because David Junior, yeah, you're in the hospital with a with a newborn baby. Yeah, um, I'm so excited, dude. It's so cool. He's so cute too. <laughs> I can't yeah. handle it. Yeah, my, my day, my days are having kids. I love my kids. My days are having kids are done. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's all right. Hey, um, you know, God gives us what he wants and, uh, and then he, we continue forward and, uh, I'm excited about what's, uh, what the rest of year is going to hold. Uh, I can't believe it's already December, 2021. Um, who, who'd have thought we would be where we are two years ago from today? Like who, a lot who, has changed. Who would, yeah. Who would think we're still talking about COVID even now? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's happy that we're still talking about it? <laughs> I, I, well, no, even, even though it's a little bit better. Okay. We're, we're opening up, we're doing things, everybody, uh, for the most part, there's still parts of the country and parts of the world that you're still wearing masks, mask mandates and all the, all this stuff. But for the most part, things are opened up, things are going. Um, it's just getting used to how to do ministry in a different world. Uh, in some sense, because uh, every church, uh, at least in, in, in America, at least, is struggling with volunteers and mm-hmm. um, that aspect during this whole COVID adventure. Did you hear about a net- uh, Colorado? I have not heard about Colorado. They're, uh, I think their new governor, I want to say. And feel free to fact check this. But he basically came out and was like, all right, we're done. COVID's gone. We're done. You want to get the vaccine? Get it. You want to wear a mask? Get it. If you don't, you don't. No problem. Just take care of your health. Make your choices. It's your family. It's your life. We're done talking about it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sometimes that's how I feel. I, mean, I just want yeah. to say that out loud. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm really, I'm. Of course, those of you who are listening, I just want to let you know, uh, and we'll probably tailor this at the end to uh, re- reinstate this, but. Uh, David and I, were, uh, after, after this week's episode, we're going to take a little bit of a break in December mm-hmm. uh, to spend time with our families, uh, also uh, our ministries as well, a little bit more than that. And we'll pick back up uh, in January, just a little bit of, a little bit of rest for us. Because mm-hmm. again, uh, we are both full-time pastors, mm-hmm. and that is our first ministry. Uh, and what we do here in the podcast, uh, ministering to each one of you who are listening, it's something that we're both passionate about that we do extra 
mm-hmm. on top of our, our current responsibilities as as pastors. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll take a page out of uh, J.C. Grove's books from the RFP. Um, he said, if the podcast ends tomorrow, we still are pastors and do ministry in our own context. So that's not going to change. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I got and, family and coming into town. So um, I'm excited to see the, the nieces and the nephews, the other half. I made half for the grandparents. I've got the other half coming. <laughs> to visit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about about it's gonna be our first Christmas here, in my uh, new ministry, new location. So oh, yeah. it's gonna be. So I'm excited about that and, and experiencing, uh, spend some time with my family and during Christmas uh, here, up uh, near the mountains of North Carolina. Mm. I'm hoping it's nice and cold. I've been, I haven't had a cold winter, cold Christmas in seven years. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Um, you want a white Christmas of, with clear roads? Yes. <laughs> Very much so, which most likely is not going to snow. But if it does, I would be happy. That would be cool. And and, and David, I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about uh, today. We're actually going to be uh, talking are about... Really, are you really excited? Yes, I'm excited <laughs> because it's something, that, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about. Let's yes. put it that way. Yes. It's something that needs to be talked about. And, and those of you who are listening, if you have kids with you, uh, this is an episode where... Uh, you may want to pause and wait to listen to this at a later time. Trigger warning. <laughs> um, but it's a discussion that we, we really need to have. Um, and discussion, it's, it ties into why it's important uh, for us to be honest about the world uh, to our kids in our ministry and also to our kids as parents before they enter middle school. Uh, and here, here's why that I say that is because by the time they get in the middle school is the point where they're starting to form their worldview. So if, if they're still in a situation, is there are things in your life that they're believing about the world that is not true? That is forming their worldview, and especially if it's something that is pushed by either the church or by the parents, uh, essentially, in simple terms, not being honest, almost lying. Okay, let's just be honest. Let's just take it to the simplest yep. terms. I'm willing to say, um, stop lying to your kids. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and lying. But once they figure out the truth in middle school, that middle school years, it really can potentially warp the war of the worldview when it comes to God. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and so uh, we're so again. Again, if you have kids in the car, go ahead and pause. take a pause on this. <laughs> pause and listen at a later time. But we're going to be talking about why it's important to be honest and transparent. Uh, to, particularly, we're talking about students, but this can be broader to any age group. But we're going to be talking really about middle school, mm-hmm. uh, right before middle school. Why it's important to be honest and open to your kids when it comes to things like Santa Claus, when it comes to like Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, uh, evolution. El- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, that too. But why is why is Yes. Why it's important yeah, to be open and honest. Like, yeah, yeah. Talking about babies, it doesn't come from, what's that bird called? The uh, Stork? Uh, yeah, Stork. There you go. Yeah. It's a good movie, I had, but it's not accurate. 
I know we're catching a rabbit trail, but I had a kid. I literally, y'all, I literally had a kid years ago who was sixth grade, came into our student ministry. That's what he believed. Is he believed? He wasn't being that, ironic. No, he was being he was being dead honest. Say this is where babies come from. I'm like, no, no, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not going to ruin this for you. Your parents need to have a talk with you. But no, that's not where they come from. Wow. I had a friend in high school. A little kid came up to him and asked him that question. It wasn't his child. We were still in high school. And I was like, what did you say? Because it's not, he it was like a five-year-old. It's not even his kid. He just walked up to him and asked him, like, where babies come from. And he was like, well, when a man and a woman love each other, they go out on a date, real fancy, and then they go to Walmart and buy one. <laughs> I was like, you should never be a parent. And he was like, yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> that, that is hilarious. Oh. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so so what we're gonna do since it's since it's the Christmas season, mm-hmm. okay? It's the Christmas season, we're gonna actually take it take a little bit and we're gonna pick on Santa Claus, okay? Um, just fair wondering, this is, uh, we're going to pick on him a little bit mm-hmm. since of the season that's in also because both me and David have both experienced, uh, some interesting stories and aspects from parents, mm-hmm. particularly on this topic, when it comes to Santa Claus in our ministries and David, I'll let you start and share your yeah. story before I hash out mine. So before we hit the actual uh, events. Um, I, I do want to address those of you who are thinking, seriously, you're talking about Santa. It's not that big a deal. You're overthinking this. Okay. I understand your concern. My response would be, I love you, but stop lying to your kid. So um, having said that, <laughs> um, I don't think we're overthinking it. I think that it's something that needs to be thought through because you don't want stuff like this to happen to you that comes out of the blue. And um, my last church, uh, we had a winter retreat. Uh, every year we'd go uh, to uh, Virginia Beach because uh, hotel rooms are super cheap uh, in Virginia Beach in the middle of winter. And uh, we would do like this winter, two to three day winter retreat with several other churches that we partnered with for our summer camp. And um, I don't remember what the years were, but we had uh, a large, a semi-large group going for our church. I think we had maybe close to 15 to 20 kids go that year. And uh, there was a girl in the youth group who was in seventh grade. Uh, Our youth group started in seventh grade. And uh, she was relatively new to the group. She hadn't started coming at the beginning of the school year, but she also hadn't started coming in December. I think it was like maybe October, November she had started coming. And um, her family was uh, part of the church, but like not active. They, They just had a lot of friends in the church, which is why they started coming again. And uh, she came on the trip and, and we had, you know, a couple things happen that were no big deal. Uh, we, we took care of them. Um, you know, some, some maturity issues you have to deal with, you know, seventh graders can be sometimes. And uh, so we handled it. Um, I had a meeting with the, with the, the mom after the, the trip, just to clarify a few things, um, tried to reiterate as much as we could that, you know, we loved our daughter, wanted her to be a part of the group, um, certain behavioral expectations, um, and, you know, not like, you know, don't pick your nose and eat it in the church van, but like just things that you would expect a seventh grader to know by the time they're in seventh grade. And 
uh, I thought this, the situation got resolved pretty well. Um, never saw them again, which should have been my first clue. Um, <laughs> even though the meeting went really well. And then six months later it cropped up and, and my pastor was the one that said, Hey, what happened? And I was like, well, I didn't tell you because I thought it had been handled so well at the time that it was resolved. So I gave him all the information I had and he was like, yeah, you handled it well. Um, and then the following year, so this happened like the last three days of the calendar year. And then six months later, it pops up. And then five, six months later, on December 24th, a year after this event, I get a private Facebook message from the dad who I'd never met. And this guy like sends this novel of a message to me. Like it was a request. And I was like, oh, I remember, I recognize that last name. So I click accept and just this long old message comes through. And I was like, holy cow. So I start reading it and he addresses the incident that happened very briefly partway through the message. And it wasn't that, I thought that's what he was going to be mad about. What he was really mad about and was ticked off to the max was apparently during the trip while we were driving out to Virginia Beach, I was having a conversation with one of the other teenagers in the van while I was driving. And it came up that Santa Claus is not real. And she overheard the conversation and she still believed in Santa Claus as a seventh grader, like 13 years old. And none of this came up during the trip. This is all, I'm finding this out a year later on Christmas Eve. I'm hanging out with my family at my house. This thing comes through. And so he reams me out for ruining Santa for his daughter, for ruining Christmas for his daughter, um, for ruining church for his daughter. Um, she never wants to come to church again. And one of the funny things, um, I don't think I mentioned this to you last time I told you, Ryan, but um, he actually said in the message, she probably already knew because of conversations with friends at school, but it wasn't my place to tell her. That was him and his wife's place to tell her that Santa wasn't real. And I was like, well, I didn't tell her. She just overheard the conversation. And this is youth ministry. You should know by now. <laughs> um, <laughs> seventh grade, they're in middle school. They're going through puberty. They have more important things to worry about than if a big fat red guy is coming down the chimney. And, um, so even though he admitted that she may have already known, I get blamed for it all. And so he's ranting and raving and, and, and talking about how I ruined church. And then the last sentence of this long message says, I waited until Christmas Eve to send you this message because I hope it ruins your Christmas. And that was it. End of sentence. End of message. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> like, who would, who would do that? <laughs> Like he acknowledged in the message that she overheard the conversation. So he knew that I wasn't talking to her and still decided to try to ruin my Christmas. So I asked my pastor for some advice because I was still a young buck in youth ministry then. And, and he said, you know, the only thing you can do is extend an olive branch and offer to make amends and, and clarify things. So I tried three times and he shot me down. So I finally just deleted it all and blocked him. But um, dude, that's pro that's part of the reason why we're talking about this today because I, I don't I don't want to be mean about it, but if your kid's in seventh grade and still believes in Santa Claus, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> no, you know, and, 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 and in my story uh of dealing with this in ministry, similar to yours, 
And, and David, we talked about this before. And of course, for those of you who are listening, uh, if you're avid listeners, I talked about a little bit uh, around this time last year with the, during the discussion uh, with Chris and Lascola about transitioning elementary students to, uh, to student ministry. Uh, so if you haven't if you haven't listened to that, definitely go back uh, to that episode and take a listen. But I basically it's something that was very innocent as well. I've been doing uh, student ministry for almost 15 years uh, and have talked about St. Nicholas, talked about historical St. Nicholas and who he actually was. And tell him, the, of course, always talk about the real meaning of Christmas and tied into that is is how this thing, this person, Santa Claus, is not what Christmas is about, and actually it's not even part of Christmas. So I've had these conversations over the years in student ministry and have never had an issue. I guess maybe if part of it may be my ignorance of thinking, or my assumption, I should say, of, <laughs> of thinking by the time you get to middle school that everybody knows that Santa Claus is not real. Uh, but this particular year, uh, last year, I... Uh, I was with a group of guys, and, and of course, like a lot of us uh, who are listening, we're struggling finding volunteers during COVID. So I've been uh, doing the small group, uh, leading the small group of guys. And in that group, I have high schoolers all the way to middle schoolers um, during that time in this group. And I, I had a teen, and it, it was a junior high, joking about Santa Claus, and us, uh, and then and then uh, then I'm joking back saying. Oh, come on now. You know, Santa Claus is not real. And joking back. We're joking back and forth. And some of the other kids are joking back and we're having a good time. We're all laughing, having fun. Um, and then we get to talk about discussion about, about Christmas and all this stuff. And I, that night, I got a call from a parent peeved at me. I'm talking about <laughs> ranting and raving with me, upset. Uh, because I, I mentioned briefly that there wasn't Santa Claus wasn't real in a joking, joking manner. And again, I probably should have done it a little bit better. I admit, I sure probably should have been a little more tactful how I, how I handle it. I, I agree with that. But she was upset and saying, my, my son, uh, who's, who's in seventh grade, just, she just told him that there wasn't Santa Claus. And she said, if it, my son still believed in, in Santa Claus when he comes in, he was there and found out there, I would I would have been mad, blah, blah, blah. Uh, found out that there were, there was four or five other students who were 12 years, 12 to 13 years old, who did not, who did not know that Santa Claus wasn't real. Uh, yeah, so, so basically it was an eye opener for me um, in a lot of ways. And, 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 and to see where my student ministry was. And I, and again, I'm, and what I did is I, after all this, during the situation, a few days later, I go on to a popular youth pastor, Facebook group. I'm not going to name it here because some of you might be on it. And I'm sorry, but I enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, on the Facebook group, cause I just want to see if other youth pastors are dealing with this as well. Um, and see if, and just kind of gleaning wisdom from other, other pastors and what they're dealing with, um, and see if this is just not isol an isolated thing. Yeah. Um, 
And so to find out there's better ways I can do student ministry in my context. So, so basically, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm typing all the stuff out of what happened. I post it and trying to get people's opinions and see if anybody else is dealing with this. And literally, it seemed like, Dave, you you read it. It, minutes, it seemed like minutes I know, later. Yeah, I, I'm getting like a hundred comments. Yeah, within a few minutes, and some of it was positive. Some of it was really good, but by far, probably ninety percent of it was just berating me about talking about Santa Claus and how you're ruining kids' Christmases. You're um, how how dare you do that? Just just really, to be honest, really hateful comments mm-hmm. um, in the whole entire thread. And it got it got it, it put me on. It actually caused me to realize that this is a a problem. Uh, it's it's not just an isolated issue. It's actually a problem in a lot of people's theology, a lot of people's biblical teaching at, across churches and youth pastors, youth leaders. Um, everywhere, because this is a very, very big Facebook group. Um, anyway, so that, that put me on a journey of saying, hey, I got to get ahead of this thing. Mm-hmm. And so what I actually have started doing is uh, at the beginning of the year, like even this past, past year, uh, I have a sheet of paper that says the title of it is Things Your Student Needs to Know. <laughs> Okay, so of course it's talking about homosexualities on there, pornography, suicide, things like that. Topics on here as well, but at the end of the last little little bullet point, it just says Christmas. And okay, and then it gave a little little <laughs> snippet of of what I'm talking about. And I, I and and what's what's interesting is that during parents meeting, I have parents chuckling. So what why is this here? So in chuckling the background, and I just share with them as a look. This is a reason why this is here. And I've had some parents, and they're not all, but I've had some parents say, what in the world? It's like, it's just, it's an issue. It is, but we're, we're here, our student ministry is here to teach biblical truth. Biblical truth. Um, not, I'm not going to lie to your kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I can't support lying. Uh, to my students, I can't. So I'm going to teach them truth, and I'm teaching biblical truth. I'm going to teach them what Christmas is all about. It's about it's about Christ, and it's about our Savior coming here on this earth so that we can die on our cross, so we have an opportunity to spend eternity with Him as long as we believe and trust in Him. Um. So anyway, so yeah, so that, that's kind of kind of where, where so me and David both, you mean you both have dealt with uh, this issue, um, and. And back in my mind, and the reason I kind of was hesitating to even talk about this is because of how much uh, people take offense, even the mention of, uh, of, of talking about this issue sometimes. Oh, how Christians take offense. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, and that's the bothersome part. <laughs> yeah. And, and again the reason why I think this is this so important on so many levels uh, for us to discuss and to really think about, but again, I want to hone in when it comes to specifically students mm-hmm. why this is important uh, it, it's because of this is if a student if a middle schooler comes in specifically a middle schooler, if they come in 
believing that of something like a Santa Claus or a tooth fairy or an Easter bunny or you, you name it, you fill in the blank. And, and us as the church, and even going even further, I'm speaking from as a parent, uh, from us as parents, that we're pushing this and pushing this, this, dishon- this basically flat out being dishonest mm-hmm. worldview, because it, it leads to a worldview. Uh, if we're pushing this, what happens, can happen at least, is when that student you go to uh, realize is that what they believe was actually fake. It can potentially lead to this. If you lie to me about this, are you lying to me about things of God? Yeah, about Jesus. And that's the that's the line of thought that my in-laws used with their kids, and I, I use it with mine. I cannot expect you to believe me that I'm telling the truth about a guy who you can't see and watches your every move. And then you find out he's not real and expect you to believe in Jesus who you can't see and watches your every move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and look here, here's the, the, the biggest, most common objection we get when it comes to this is you're going to ruin their Christmas. Um, false. My kids love Christmas. <laughs> they all know Santa's not real. Um, they all know that he is a really fun character, just like Mickey Mouse. Um, they all know that I'm the Tooth Fairy. Uh, they all know that uh, the Easter Bunny one doesn't make sense. Um, I heard. I heard. I think it was Jim Gaffigan. He he does a bit about how they came up with holiday celebrations, and when they got to Easter, he was like, "How do we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior?" I've got it. Eggs. <laughs> We'll hide them. And a bunny. There's going to be a bunny bunny involved. (laughs) It's like, what? Um, But for us, we've... The the thing that I think people object about the whole ruining their Christmas thing, the only reason it's going to ruin your kid's Christmas is because you've been lying to them up to this point about Santa. If they never... If they always know he's not real, then it doesn't ruin a thing. He's just a fun character, and they make a lot of fun movies. My kids watch Disney... Um, junior and they watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. They know Mickey Mouse is not a real mouse. They they know that uh, Daisy and Donald and, and Goofy are not real. They're just fun, cool characters. Same thing with Santa. He's a fun, cool character. Now, we have discussed with them uh, the history of St. Nicholas and how he was a nice guy and, and he um, he you know put oranges in the shoes of orphans or something like that on Christmas Eve and put a little money in their boot or something like that to help them out and um, there's there's a couple of myths and other stuff out there, but the the basic the looseness of how the modern day Santa Claus is based very loosely on the on the history of Saint Nicholas and and they even know I, I don't remember if I've told them recently, but I've told them before that the Santa Claus we know now uh, actually was uh, kind of created as an ad campaign for Coca Cola, <laughs> like the the first use of Santa Claus in an ad campaign to get someone to buy your product was by coca-cola <laughs> yeah that's the santa we know all right it's it's all been a marketing campaign uh, to get people to buy stuff and and we can get into the commercialization of christmas but we're not going to do that because that's not the point of this episode that's not the point of what we're talking about the point of what we're talking about is the necessity of being consistent in our messaging of the truth to our kids and our students and our own offspring because 
when we get to a point where they can really have a solid understanding of who Christ is and their need for him as teenagers, when they start to grasp these abstract concepts that are um, given in scripture that they can barely understand as children, but they're really starting to form an understanding of abstract things when they get into the early teen years, um, we have to be honest with them. We have to tell the truth. And there is no greater truth than the Christ being born and living a perfect life and sacrificing himself for us on the cross and coming back to life, conquering sin and death. I mean, that's so much better than Santa. (laughs) And, and, and here's just some things to think about too. And is that, um, again, I'm speaking from this, uh, those of you who are listening, uh, I didn't automatically tell my kids uh, I had that there wasn't a Santa Claus. I had them believing in Santa Claus for a period of time, uh, up until actually up to this this event with parents last year, and then me getting berated. I'm on a Facebook people uh, made me really question everything I was doing. And so I, I personally went on, I, this, again, I'm speaking, I wasn't the other in the aisle. I was the, the one who, who would tell my kids, uh, not necessarily there's a Santa Claus, but doing things like, hey, this Santa's giving you, Santa's coming, doing things like that. Go get a picture at the mall with the drunk Santa. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> smell like beef yeah, and so, cheese. So, <laughs> so again, I, 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 that's where, as a parent, that's where I was for a long time with my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a, a nine-year-old, almost ten. He's almost ten years old, and um, soon to be uh, seven-year-old. But so that's what in, in in the aisle. So that's what's my thinking. But again, as I start reevaluating, thinking about about this issue, I kept coming back to the fact that uh, why do I want my kids to believe? in something like something like a Santa Claus is that's almost in some ways put the level of having a deity type of qualities mm-hmm. um, for as can see you when you're sleeping, know when you're good or bad mm-hmm. um, and just all that they almost, almost and almost a deity like quality. Why do I want my kids being consumed with that and consumed with this concept of, having stuff that, and, and again I'm not saying exchanging Christmas presents on Christmas is not a bad thing it's a good thing it's a reminder of the ultimate gift which is Christ that's reason that's the what originated when it comes to exchanging gifts um, but they're consumed with materialism assumed with having stuff when in reality I want my kids to love God mm-hmm. um, I want my kids to love God with every fiber of their being I want them to understand uh, what Christmas is all about, what we celebrate. It's not, it's, we don't celebrate a, a guy in a red, a fat guy in a red suit and a long beard. Uh, we don't celebrate him. We celebrate our Messiah. We celebrate mm-hmm. Christ. The fact that he was humbly came to this earth in a humble fashion uh, and loved us so much to do that to pay a payment that we could never pay. That's you, what I want my kids to celebrate. 
You mentioned something earlier, Ryan. I think this needs to be drilled down on. And, and I honestly believe this is probably the part where people will be like, dude, you are totally overthinking this. And honestly, I would have to disagree. Um, you mentioned as they become teenagers and they get into the middle school years, that's when their their worldview starts to form uh, more solid. When they're in middle school, I think the cement is still wet. But by high school, it's it's dry. Um, we Kids, if you don't have kids, you may not quite get this. You probably could from observation. But if you have kids, you're definitely going to pick up on this. They pick up on like everything. They pay attention to everything you say, to everything you do, um, unless it's clean your room. So when you are teaching them santa the concept i don't think what i don't think we realize what we're doing is because of so many similarities between santa as a deified type figure and jesus eventually you know the guy who you can't see who's watching your every move he knows when you're asleep knows when you're awake you know be good for goodness sake we're teaching our kids a workspace salvation and they don't they don't see that we don't even see it but you're teaching them a merits-based reward system. And now, like, in our country, we are a meritocracy, or at least we should be. You you get what you earn. You shouldn't have stuff just shelled out to you just because you breathe oxygen, all right? But when we teach them Santa, we're teaching them you have to earn the good gifts. If you're not good, you get coal. If you're good, you get gifts. You got to be on the nice list, not the naughty list. And all of that is subtle uh, classical conditioning. And then we come along and say, yeah, but Jesus offers salvation for free and it's not works that saves you. And that's the total opposite of what we're teaching them when it comes to Santa. And you can think we're overthinking this. I would disagree with you, but that's a subtle worldview that we're teaching our children that you earn the good and you earn the bad. And your good, your good actions have good consequences. Your bad actions have bad consequences, which that is a true reality of life that your good actions can result in good consequences and your bad actions can result in bad consequences. But when it comes to someone giving you a good thing, um, when it comes to God giving us salvation based on his own character and his own work, that is a hard mentality to get into if you've been inundated with works-based gift giving your whole life i mean is it technically even a gift if you had to work for it <laughs> anyway I'm not, I'm not, so not. that yeah it, it, yeah it, it's how how we how we teach our kids and how we teach our students even um if we don't hit on these issues um, early on it does affect the worldviews subtly Again, it's not direct. And like David, you made a good point. It's not just going to, uh, right out there and saying, "Hey, you believe this is work based." But the practice of something like like Santa Claus, mm -hmm. the practice of it, does teach your kids that. It put it conditions them for that, mm -hmm. uh, and that feeds in to whether in middle school. Because if if those of you are listening, if you sit there and really think about the students you have. And what they struggle with, and you may have probably have heard things to this nature that how can God love me? How can how can He save me when I've done X, Y, and Z here? Okay, they feel like that because of the things they did, and and they do not qualify for God's salvation, or qualify um, for God to love them. 
uh, because of things they've done. And what feeds into that and feeds into that mentality or that worldview is something is connected to seeing things like Santa Claus, which is a works can lead to a workspace understanding what they feel like is is a salvation. It can also affect them if they're already saved. I, I can tell you from my my growing up years, I was extremely legalistic. I and I still struggle with it, but I had this if bad things happened, it was because of my sin, and if good things happened, it's because I was faithful mentality. And that's another subtle plug of teaching kids stuff like this that's not true. Um, because it gets them into a mentality of if I do the right thing, th- good things happen. If I do the wrong thing, bad things happen. Which consequences are consequences. But when it comes to God's grace, there's a reason it's called grace. <laughs> it's not God's earned favor. It's it's his unearned, unmerited favor. And it's a concept that is the opposite of what we are used to thinking of as human beings. And it's being reinforced by uh, a Santa Claus type figure um, in, in that way. And so reinforcing that a kid's whole life until they figure it out on their own. Like my brother was told in elementary school, he came home crying. I figured it out because mom's handwriting was the exact same as Santa. <laughs> yeah. And I was the same, but I figured it out because I can, I could read my dad's handwriting. Yeah. I, I was like, mom, handwriting. you and Santa have the exact same handwriting. What's going on? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I think I figured it out. Yeah, and and, and again, I, I again, I'm uh, I'm speaking of this uh, from being a being a parent who did play the Santa thing with my kids, uh, and got really convicted after a while when I really sat down and thought about it from a biblical perspective. Forget culture. From a biblical perspective, mm-hmm. um, I got really convicted over it, and then what nailed it on the head for me was the whole situation. Uh, with parents last year, uh, and again, uh, and those of you may be listening, you may be hearing, said, "Okay, I get it, I, I get what you're saying, but what can I do to kind of help with this?" Uh, and here's one thing I would recommend: it kind of pulls in a little bit back what I did uh, is is before the year even starts, um, have a list of things you that your students need to know. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's something you give in a parents meeting at the beginning of the year, and and you make a list, make and you can you you can determine what you think uh, your parents need to know. I I your students need to know. I can't determine that for you because your context may be a little bit different than mine. Uh, but you can add something like you can add Christmas. I put Christmas. I made it generic. Um, you can add that little bullet point to that list and go over that with parents and explain that we believe in um, that we're going to teach biblical truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. We're going to explain what Christmas is, is all about. And we're going to explain that, that St. Nicholas was a historical figure, but that's not what Christmas is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and that way you confront the issue head on before there ev- even is an issue, because the fact is, us as as youth pastors, youth leaders, we have uh, we have different levels of spiritual maturity among parents, mm-hmm. uh, different levels of spiritual maturity among students, and combined. And what it does, it helps alleviate problems, and it helps to keep our parents 
informed of what we're teaching and what we're about at the student. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think that's going to help with um, heading off problems before they become problems. Um, I think now might be a good time to apologize if there's any adults listening to this, if you still believe in Santa. I don't know if I should apologize for that. Um, you might need to see a counselor. <laughs> um, but uh, that that kind of leads to the other stuff, like the Easter Bunny, the uh, the Tooth Fairy. Um, and I, I know I said this kind of jokingly earlier, but really with like evolution, because a lot of uh, if you look at the the broad history of the of the church, not just the Western church, but if you look at the broad history of the church, the church gets into trouble when it tries to marry Christ with worldly ritual. Uh, when we try to add those two things together, the church gets into trouble because uh, without proper care and and maintenance of our faith and faithfulness to the word of God, everything slides to the left. Everything we do slides downhill. If we are not faithful to maintain what scripture says is the truth, and, and proclaim that as the truth, everything will eventually start to deteriorate. Um, you, you can watch that in our country. If you look at some of the major colleges and universities in our country that are like the elite, they started out as seminaries. And now they don't even have Christ in the picture. Uh, you look at some of some charities that have existed in our country. They started out as Christian charities, and now they barely ever even talk about Christ, if at all. You, you look at uh, one of the big problems that uh, that I noticed in church history was that one of the issues that the Catholic Church faced was they would go into this new territory and meet these pagan people. And then in order to make Christianity more palatable to them, they would infuse uh, pagan ritual into the Christian rituals to make it easier to transition. Well, you've now created a whole new pagan religion at that point. And it's not even Christianity anymore. And and so um, as as little and as insignificant as some of these things might seem, uh, we all know, I mean, it came out of Christ's mouth. If we're not faithful in little, we're not going to be given much to be faithful for. If we are faithful with the little things, then we'll be given more to be faithful with. And this is one of those things. If you want to put it in that category, you can. But this is one of those things that's little that we need to be faithful in. Uh, I think it's a little bigger than little, but it's one of those areas what we need to be faithful in. Because if they can't trust us about uh, Santa, the Easter Bunny, and uh, the Tooth Fairy, then I wouldn't expect them to trust us about evolution either. Um, and and that's something that's even crept into the church. There are people that believe in um, theistic evolution within the church, where they believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and then He utilized the process of evolution to create what we have now, which is an oxymoron because evolution is a process of death and not life. And um, I've got my strong opinions about that. (laughs) 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 We don't have to go too deep into that if you don't want to. Um, But I think it's, it's very difficult for us to come back from um, getting distracted, if that makes sense. Again, we want to encourage you if you're listening to this and you're wrestling through this again, it's something that I wrestled through a long time, and it took me a long time to get to this conclusion for myself and how I teach students and um, how to handle that. So what I encourage you is I encourage you to pray through this, uh, how you would handle this with parents, because 
this is a difficult subject. It shouldn't be a difficult subject, um, but it is a difficult subject among our parents, even in the church. Uh, parents in the church, is, it's a very hot topic, a very difficult topic. Um, so I want to encourage you just to pray through this and how you handle the students. Uh, but again, again, like I said earlier, I would definitely would recommend to, to confront it ahead of time before it happens. Yeah. And, and I'll say this um, real quick. You have our permission to use this episode as your way of breaking it to your kid. So if you need to tell them and you don't have the guts or you're like, I don't know how this is going to go down, just have them say, hey, sweetheart, love you. Listen to this episode. And if you have questions, let me know because <laughs> they'll find out real quick. Um, uh, anyway, I know that's kind of goofy, but if, if you need some help, you know, feel free to use it. Uh, and, and we are, we are grateful for you guys. Thank you for being patient with us with, uh, missing a week because, um, you know, blame the kid, you know, he came late. It's his fault. Um, but, uh, we're, we're very thankful for you guys listening to us this year and it's been another great year. Uh, had a lot of growth. Uh, I think we're up over 16,000 listens at this point, which is pretty cool. Um, we we charted in the Ukraine again. Thank you, Ukraine. You guys are awesome. Whoever you are listening to us out there, um, thank you. Woo. Um, but if you haven't yet, please uh, go to whatever platform you can that allows it and leave a star or comment review. Um, make that our Christmas present, maybe, even if you want to do it that way. Uh, we'd, we'd really appreciate a, a review because that allows us to keep ourselves um, at the top of the search results. If someone's looking for solid youth ministry content, if they're looking for... Um, some things that will help them as they try to minister to youth and families. Uh, if they're if they're trying to find a way to break it to their kid that Santa's not real and they just need somebody to help them do it for them, we'd be happy to be the ones who do that for you. Uh, and if there's a topic you'd like to cover, um, let us know. We are on Facebook at the Youth and Culture Facebook uh, group, and we're also we also have a page if you want to like that page because you'll get notified whenever we have a new episode drop. Um, and uh, we are part of the RFP network of podcasts, along with nine other podcasts, uh, like the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, the Young Baptist podcast, the Preacher's Kid, Church Split, if you like listening about uh, controversial topics, uh, 26 Letters, which is a great podcast with a married couple. Uh, I love listening to those guys and, and laughing along with them. Uh, I think the best one on there, if you go to rfpnetwork.org and scroll down a little bit. Uh, the, the best one on there is in the bottom right corner, says Youth and Culture. So definitely subscribe to that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'd love to connect with you guys either through email or social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, what have you. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.